Hi there. I'm Ann Watson, editor-at-large for Yes Collective, and I am so excited to introduce you to our brand new Mamasode, a monthly episode of our podcast where Yes Collective CEO, mother of two, and my dear friend Audra Dipadova chats with me and other moms on the Yes Collective team about the mental and emotional challenges of working motherhood. We talk all about the practices, ideas, and some tips and tricks that are helping us get through the daily grind. And the Mama Soda is a space to just let loose where we get real and say yes to the ridiculously challenging events that make up working motherhood. This initial Mama Soda is airing in its entirety on the public feed. But if you want to be sure to catch all the future Mama Soda episodes, plus a ton of other amazing Yes Collective audio content on our members-only private podcast feed, then become a subscribing member today at yescollective.co. Thank you so much for doing this with me. I am so, so thrilled to be here with you. And I wanted to share with everybody that you're one of the founding members of Yes Collective, um, starting way back when it was the Family Thrive. And you've been a huge part of being with us in this process of bringing this to the world. I mean, we, we've been almost, we've, before we've called it a birthing process. And now I feel like we're like, we're on our mama sode. We can use all of the language we want, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> parenting process. Now we're in the young childhood. Yes. Yes. And I grow. <laughs> so appreciated you and our friendship and mm-hmm. everything that we've been through together. We've walked, we've walked through a lot together and I want everyone to know that you are many, many things, including a uh, incredible professional photographer. If anybody has seen our any of our food-related posts, you're going to see Anne's work. And you're also many things like you have a massive background in marketing and PR, advertising. And then you also are, of course, a mom. And we're going to talk about that. And you're a Reiki master, a yogi, meditation I think you're, aren't you a meditation instructor or you're, you're, you have a meditation certification of some kind in addition exactly. to- I'm literally in the process <laughs> of getting my meditation teaching certification. So yes. Incredible. <laughs> you're a farmer. You're I a am. Maker. <laughs> yes. Well, I am, I am a farmer and a wine seller. And then there's a beautiful <laughs> winemaker who I work with. So yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. But I grow the grapes. And we met a few years ago when, I mean, I had seen your work forever, but I reached out to you to support our Maxwell Project Farm to Fork Dinner. And for the first year, we're like, we need some amazing food photography because we never capture any of the food. Mm. And I remember emailing you and just thinking, oh my gosh, she's so incredible. You know, like Anne's work is on the cover of all the magazines, you know, especially in Southern California. And, um, so I thought, oh, if we're, if we would be so lucky. And I remember the response that I got from you, not only willing to work, but with us, but wanting to connect too, because you were, I think more at the start of your husband's cancer. Oh yeah. It was, it was eerie in a beautiful way, how it all aligned because you asked me to shoot and I had agreed to. I don't even know if it was you. I feel like somebody else, maybe it was the Sapphire client. Oh, my name is Sapphire. Mm -hmm. I think they hired me and I had, that's what it was. I had already agreed to shoot it. And then Tim was diagnosed 
um, my husband, and he was diagnosed with stomach cancer in late July of that year, 2019. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was in early August that you reached out to me and you were like, we have this event next month. Do you think you could shoot it? And I'm like, I'm already signed up to be there, but I, by the way, <laughs> I'd love to connect with you. Cause I think all this amazing stuff you're doing for Max Love would be very applicable for my husband's journey. And it was, so yeah, meant to be. What a journey it's been since then, huh? Like yeah. our work together has only a, like blossomed along mm-hmm. with our friendship and in our work with Yes Collective together, one of the things that we've been talking about is like, we're, I mean, we're two of the, two of the voices, I mean, really, you know, on the core team of Yes Collective, and we connect a lot around our uh, work lives, around our family lives and things like that. So we wanted to call this the mama-sode as like a, like recurring theme, right? Like a recurring um, theme with the Yes Collective podcast. I guess the other thing that we could do is the mom cast, but either one. We can let, uh, if anyone listens or, or exactly. whoever, they can maybe chime in and tell us what they think, which, which one they, they like better, but we're going to jump in every month and talk about our monthly theme and, uh, how things are resonating with us, what's going on with us. And, um, I don't know, just whatever comes to us. And so I'm really excited to be able to, to talk with you. Cause we, t- we talk like this as it is, and then we'll be like, mm-hmm. Oh, this was just a podcast. <laughs> we should record this and share it with record people. It. Yeah. So here we are, we're recording it and sharing it. But one of the things that came up for us when we were talking about doing this is um, even using mom, mama sode or mom cast, mm. the term mother or mom or right. mommy or mm. motherhood or mothering. I mean, let's talk a little bit about it because we're in the space right now where we're struggling. We know that we serve in Yes Collective, 90% to 95% moms. And then the other 5% are like engaged dads. And then we're also aware that in our community, we have, you know, birthing people, parents who more broadly, you know, identify as parents, but we're trying to connect with our niche Mm -hmm. and, and it's a struggle. So one of the things that the team was thinking about, like, should we just dive right in to Yes Collective is for moms. Like it's just for moms. How did that hit when uh, when you heard it's that? It's funny. It took me a little while to digest that. And ultimately, I think it, for me, felt too narrow, mm-hmm. um, particularly after listening to the most recent uh, podcast episode. I'd like to apologize if there's any noise in the background, by hey, the way. This is, uh, this is normal parent life going on here. There's construction. Normal working mom life. Here we go. No, I'm... I'm so honored. I will share that I'm I'm building a, a kitchen that we will be able to do lots of studio work with, but they're literally woodworkers sawing wood outside my window. So if you hear that, that's <laughs> anyways, but yeah, listening to the most recent podcast episode that um, when Justin interviewed, forgive me, I'm totally blanking on the gentleman's Frank name. Frank Anderson, Dr. Anderson. Frank Anderson. Oh my gosh. So powerful for me. And um, but he's a dad. And he's a beautiful dad and a dad that like, gosh, just the insight and wisdom he shared spoke to me on a um, parenting as a spiritual practice kind of journey level. And it was not specific to a mom, that it was specific to parents. And that's where I felt like, okay, when we first started the Family Thrive, I think I said this at a meeting yesterday that we had where it's like, 
Family Thrive was like, families, what is a family to you? We're all one. You know, we we had this like very broad audience when we first started. And then to go straight into just moms felt too narrow. And so I feel like finding a nice middle ground of working parents, that's what seems to be a bit more inclusive, but still very, very much, you know, open and supportive of mothers. Um, Yeah. 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 I'm right there with you. And I think that one of the reasons why we started talking about working parents or in working parenthood is mm-hmm. the concept of, of parenting under this particular kind of pressure. Now, all parents are parenting under pressures. Um, and we talk a lot about that. But there oh, yeah. is a particular nature to the pressure that comes with being in the workplace and then also navigating kind of everything we bring with that from work into the home, into the home, from you know, to work and all of that. Um, and as we've seen through COVID, mm. so overwhelming mm-hmm. for working parents to navigate also being the homeschool, you know, uh, support. Uh, oh, I don't, I don't miss uh, those days. You know, <laughs> and it's all of the things layered together, you know, the mm. not only um, supporting the growth of the, the child or children, but then also everything in the home, all of the work that we know goes into a home, regardless of your out, your, your work status. Um, right. Oh, and by the way, I will also be interrupted because we're quarantined because of COVID. And so I have a child interrupting right right now at two. Um, it, Maisie, I am in the middle this of this project. <laughs> there it is. We got saws. My dogs will probably all run in here in a second. <laughs> So can we say like parenting under these particular pressures of, of, of working, of working parenthood and working motherhood, we acknowledge has also a unique, yeah. presents a unique set of challenges. And it's not that we want to exclude stay at home parents or anything like that. Awesome. I think one thing that I found is that, is that many of these parents have like pretty amazing communities of support. I've seen them online. There, there are many platforms, but and the mental wellness tools and emotional health, emotional fitness support that we're bringing for it totally applies to all parents. I think we're just going to be talking particularly more directly to working parents and, and working mothers. And we, you and I know these, these challenges really well. And I feel really fortunate now to be out of the toxic workplace. Right. But I was in a toxic workplace for years, years. Mm -hmm. I know it really well. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Well, and I think just to support what you're saying, first of all, that was amazing that Macy interrupted because that is just so incredibly poignant and like, yes, this is what we're talking about. (laughs) This is what we're talking about. But that um, the the what you and I have discussed for Yes Collective and for those of us who are on this core team, we want this to be a very authentic expression of of us, of our experience and supporting those who are having similar experiences. And so frankly, it would be inauthentic for me as a working parent to try and provide advice or support to a stay-at-home parent who maybe isn't working, um, not because I have any opinion one way or the other about like the difference in our experiences or our lifestyles, but purely because it would not be authentic for me to try and comment on that. Right. Whereas I can comment on my experience as a working mother. Um, I know we didn't really mention it, but I can share that, you know, my, my husband did end up passing away from cancer last year. 
And um, so I got to hold his hand through that journey. And I have entered into a space now, not only of being a working parent, but a working single mother, um, a widow, which I don't wear a black veil all day long, everybody. But I feel like there is like this stigma, mm-hmm. even with that, you know, to be, I'm only 43 and I'm a widow and I've got, you know, an eight-year-old son who um, I'm honored to be raising and that, um, but I am now the sole breadwinner for our family. Um, and so there's a load of stuff that comes with that. There's a load. And I think that as a working parent, there's a unique experience of the responsibility and sort of feeling torn, frankly, between the desire to be present for our children and to be a, be a parent, be a mother, in my experience, knowing that the work, I'm a yogi, so I call it my dharma, you know, like that, that the work that I do and what I'm called to do, I try to do it in service of being a parent, knowing that what I am doing for a job, what I am doing for work is ultimately to provide for my family, to provide for my child, but it doesn't make it any easier when my kid is similar to what you just experienced knocking at the door, you know, especially he's eight and he'll come in and he'll be like, mom, can't you just do one Pokemon battle with me, please? Or what, you know, and I'm like, ah, I can't. And so there's that mom guilt that we talk about that I think is very, very powerful and uh, it is an exclusive experience for a working parent. It just is. Like, I think that there are experiences that stay-at-home mothers have for sure. that are completely exclusive to that experience. That, for sure, right? There's right? like, like a, oh I've read of, uh, depression and isolation and, oh, I can't and even imagine. pressure, yeah. you know, and um, losing parts of oneself. And, you know, I, I, mm. I, I totally yes. embrace that too. Mm-hmm. I hear that, but you're right. We're speaking from the experiences that we understand that we identify with, that we experience. And it's something that um, from my experience needs care and support as well. And needs significant amounts of it because mm-hmm. our mental wellness, but I mean, really our mental health is, is, is completely, completely challenged um, mm-hmm. and at risk um, at least for many of us depending on our you know, situations, but in many work environments and many, many, there are so many different challenges and pressures that come with it. And when you are exhausted and you are in a job that maybe you have to be in, I heard this from a friend recently, and I totally mm. identified with this before when Max was diagnosed, you know, like mm. I carry the insurance. I have to work. Yeah. I have to bring home that income. There it is. You know, yep. We depend on it. And yet, yeah. I mean, I'm in a space that isn't serving me mm-hmm. like mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I feel like my soul is being sucked dry. Like I, I heard this from a friend recently. She's like, I have the most toxic, toxic work mm. environment and undervalued and overworked, not seen not only as a person, but I have to hide being a parent, you know? Oh my gosh. Um, Brutal. How was she held? Right. And support it, right? And so, yeah, we're 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 saying we're here for it. You know, we you know we yeah. want to be um, in the space and here for a community of of parents who are experiencing many of the things that we have, and we have some great tools um, that we're bringing forward to support support these yeah. parents and support these moms. But um, absolutely, and that's I can speak firsthand that because I live and breathe what we're sharing, right? Like. Yeah. I see a therapist once a week. 
I have dove, dove into some of the internal family systems work that Justin's doing. Oh my God, just life-changing. I, I have a routine of like deep spiritual practice. I, I meditate for at least an hour every morning. I mean, like, I, I am a yogi, I, I, you know, but not just doing asana exercises, but truly like from a philosophy standpoint. Um, so there's, and, and being a Reiki practitioner and, and seeing the human being as a whole being versus just a machine of a physical mm-hmm. body, but that we are mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical body. Um, all of these things that we're sharing, I can speak firsthand, having gone through in the last 18 months, like some of the most traumatic, gut-wrenching, hardest periods of my life. And I'm sitting here telling you, I am at peace. I am happy. I am, I am in a mentally good place, but it is because of the work. And that's what I just uh, like, I want to share this with, and, and that it is possible. It's, it's not impossible, but the, to hold others in that, you know, and, that's it. Yeah. Because of the work, you know? Yeah. Justin, Justin posted a graphic on his social media about that today. And it is, mm more simplified, I think, than, than what you had said, because it puts, you know, kind of emotional fitness at that foundation. But in our world, emotional fitness is all of these things that you speak Mm of as being that, that foundation. It's almost like if we were to re-envision Maslow's hierarchy of needs, when it Mm. comes to, at least when it comes to fulfillment, Mm. when it comes to happiness, when it comes to engagement, the work is necessary. That's like what predicates all of it, right? That's the foundation that it's all built upon. And it's yep. not the absence of hardship, adversity, trauma, difficulty, all of these things, not the absence of that, that makes this, this oh. possible It's pyramid. I'm, I'm like hand motioning a pyramid. Okay. Got it. Not at all. <laughs> that is not oh. out it's of absence. because of it. And it is thanks to it. Like that's the, this massive perspective shift that I think has taken place for me. And I actually posted about it literally right before we spoke today on my own social media. There's this podcast that I listen to, and whatever, but it, it was talking about um, that when there are challenges or adversities that come up in life, it's not about fighting them and shaping them into what we want them to be. Instead, it's about shifting our perspective to, yeah, to, cha- to change how we see it. It's not changing it. It's changing how we see it. And how we, right. And how we work with it instead of fighting against something. Like, I think that was the biggest lesson that I learned through Tim's cancer journey was just like, I resisted, I resisted, I resisted. I'm going to fix you. I'm going to make everything exactly how you eat this food and take these pills and make it better. And then all of a sudden it was like, actually, I'm not in control. And instead I'm going to just love the heck out of you. And I'm going to be present for this experience and really work with it. And what am I here to learn and how am I to grow and how is he to grow and how do I support that? And blah, 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 blah. And I think it's the same exact thing, but on hopefully a less traumatic scale for most parents to approach the parenting journey in the same way, where it's like, I want to make you into something and make you how you should be. And I want to force this whole thing. Instead, it's like, I want to just hold this and see it differently. Yeah. Beautiful. And what that makes, what comes up for me hearing that, Anne, is like when we talk, because this month is cycle breaking month for us and cycle breaking, as I'm relating this to what you're saying, isn't Mm -hmm. about replacing an old cycle with a new cycle (laughs) or whatever, you know what I mean? Replacing an old pathology with a new pathology, right? Right. Or whatever it might be in the family. What if breaking the cycle 
in most, uh, it, like in, in these instances has to do with the releasing, you know, what if it has to do mm-hmm. with an acceptance, what if it has to do with an embracing. And uh, I think of that because you wrote an article um, for Yes Collective this month that is really, really amazing. You and I talked about it in another conversation um, mm-hmm. more theoretically, which has to do with cycle breaking really at home in the kitchen. And it mm-hmm. was so, it's so powerful to me to think about our um, inherited patterns mm-hmm. around food shaming, body shaming, all mm-hmm. of the various things that I think we all, mm-hmm. most of us at our age have grown up with as normal, whether it's in our home or surrounding our home in our culture and our society. I mean, we're inundated by it, right? Yep. Yes. Everywhere. <laughs> I mean, I grew up with the, my grandmother, um, my dad's mother lived with us for a long time and she would take on some of the, the, our feeding when we were kids. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and the whole goal was to become a member of the clean plate club. Have you heard of this? Was this a, I don't know if it's like a depression era thing or whatever, but the clean plate club finishing everything on the plate, regardless mm-hmm. was the thing, mm-hmm. because of course there are kids starving in Ethiopia and who are we? There you go. Let's instill some fear of scarcity in you. And right, yes. right, mm-hmm. right. On top of the xenophobia. Well, you're not supposed to tune into your body to decide you know, when you're full. And, and, you right. know, um, and mm-hmm. then you become a teenager and it's like, oh, don't finish your plate. Right. Fatties. You're going to be a fatty if you finish all your food or whatever the language. That is plate. Yeah. For this article, I was very, very fortunate to speak with um, our Yes Collective, one of our registered dietitians, Lexi Hall. She's so amazing. And she really laid out some of these incredible tools on how to break some of these cycles. But one of the things before you even start working on trying to break cycles that I found so beautiful and like spoke directly to my soul was um, it's not about, okay, just what I was just saying, there's a problem outside of me. So, and I'm going to approach it because that's wrong and I need to fix it. Instead, you start from a place of how do I reflect inward and how, what are my issues as a mom? Like where, where, what am I reflecting for my kids? How do I look at my own behaviors? Because the language we use, even our, our body language mm-hmm. around food, it can be nonverbal communication, right? Like just like a, mm, or Mm, like a whatever. It's <laughs> exactly those things. Those looks, right? The, the looks. Moms are the queens of looks. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like there's that, but also, yeah, like you were the member of the clean plate club. Like, I think that we all have things. It's important to reflect on what our own experiences are and were around food before we even start to think about how we approach it with our own families. Right? Like, and and then it's once it's, it's once the work is done within you, then that's when you can fully be present and actually help your family's situation. And it. yeah, it starts with us. It starts. Everything with us. does. I hate to say it, it. It's true, though. You know, <laughs> so it starts with that initial awareness and that cycle breaking before mm. you even move into a space of, of like, being like, oh, I want to take action. I want to change this for my family. Right. is starting to develop that awareness around what oh. language I'm using, like curiosity. Like I'm going to get curious around the language I'm using around food or how I talk to my 
my kids and my family about food, how I refer to it myself, right? Mm-hmm. How I refer to these mm-hmm. situations myself. Do right. I say something like, oh, I can't handle those calories or, you know, the, the right. little things, right? Like it is little things that you might not until you take a pause and I call it, you know, enter a space of witness consciousness where you're observing yourself non-judgmentally. That's really, really important is I'm not here to, to in turn shame myself. Yes. <laughs> yes. Beautiful. I'm glad you make that point. Right. Right. Like, it's not like, oh, I'm wrong or I'm a bad mom because it's more, let me just approach this from, huh, I'm going to be a fly on the wall. Right. Like, I'm just going to take my observation. I, I point back here. It's like, I'm looking at myself, have a little out of body experience and watch yourself and, and how you behave, what words you're using, that type of thing. And I think that when you can approach it from that perspective, non-judgmentally, frankly, compassionately, I think compassion and love for yourself is really important. Knowing you're not supposed to be perfect. There is no such thing, you know, that, but that you, even the idea that you're approaching this and wanting to make a change, you should pat yourself on the back just for that. Like the fact that you're even willing to look at yourself and your own behaviors is a huge deal because a lot of people don't want to do that. A lot of people are far more comfortable with their discomfort, <laughs> you or, know, or used to it, right? Or, or only know it. That's it. Yeah. And so it's really cool when you can step into that space of like compassionate observation of your own behaviors and then, um, and, and not necessarily even looking at them to fix them. But more of, okay, how can I shift or what, how can I look at this? Like there's a phrase that we use in Reiki quite a lot. Actually, my teacher taught me this and it's so simple, but I love it. You just say, I am willing to look at things differently. I am willing to see things differently. Like just be open to see it differently. Yeah. Open to seeing things differently, noticing without judgment and then being open to seeing things differently. Right. And then you, you you're able to have your heartbeat open enough to shift and, and then approach, okay, this worked for me. Now, how can I be present for my kids and help them? And frankly, so much of it, again, like 99% of parenting, frankly, is just modeling. Like, it's not like you have to, here's what you need to do. And let me lay it all out in an outline. I have a PowerPoint presentation for you. Thank you for watching us and listening. Totally. Yep. Totally. Like, and, and so that's where if you have a child maybe who's, I don't know, struggling. We're not talking eating disorders here, by the way, like no, clinical eating no. disorders. I sh- we should make that clear. Yeah, that is a yeah, totally, that's at the far end of the spectrum here. What we're speaking about is more what we call dysfunctional eating patterns, like things that, you know, some people call it picky eating or, um, yeah, or just eating patterns that are disrupted somehow from an emotional. Mm-hmm. Or a psychological yes. yep. disruption, right? Um, and so it's addressing that emotional, psychological component that will then lend itself to naturally eating differently. Yeah. Perfect. And and perfect timing, Anne. I'm so grateful to you for sharing about this important piece. And folks can access it in the app at yescollective.co is our website. If they if they want to get into the app and become a supporting member, it is $9.99 a month. 
this article and the conversation is in, in there. It's in the, it's in the it's app. In there. And it goes uh, into more detail, like the tips yes. that Lexi gives of where you go next. Once you have done the inner work, how can you then address it with your kids? And we're in the app there. and Lexi's in the app. So the yep. conversation is happening there. And when yep. you sign up, you get a week, week free. So you get to try it out. But so we encourage people to become supporting members and join us in there. And next month, we're going to be getting together to talk about maternal mental health awareness month. And I'm really excited to talk with you about that. And I'm so excited about these conversations together. Me too. Thank you. Thank you. you. You're the best. You are. All right. See you soon. (laughs) Hey, if you like what we're doing here at yes, collective podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast player, share it with other parents in your life and give us a review on Apple podcasts. Yes, Collective is a mental health movement for all parents. So let's spread the love.